You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. How are you guys doing? Great. David Hall. Hello. Welcome back, Stephen Lou Allen. What's going on, guys? And Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, welcome. So uh, off week this week from NIS due to the uh, Olympics that aren't actually happening. Uh, But here we are, and there's a lot going on. So we're going to get right to it. Brian, let's jump into the Monday dirt race to start with. All right, guys. So uh, Monday night was round six of the Morton's Builders World of Outlaw Late Model Series. Uh, That was at Kokomo Speedway. And it's starting the second half of the season with Hayden Cardwell reclaiming the points lead after his win last week at Lernerville with uh, Dylan Wilson in second and Evan Say in third in a really tight point race at this point. So uh, Dylan Wilson puts up the fast time in the qualifying, and he went on to win the first heat. Uh, so that put him in a great spot, which was the pole for the feature. Uh, heat two goes to Australian driver Joel Berkeley, and that's his first feature that he's made all, se- all season. Um, uh, Hayden Cardwell won, was on the pole for Heat 3, but after a mix-up with the defending champion, Blake Majulis, on lap 4, he wound up finishing 4th, put him in 15th place starting spot. So he was a little bit behind the ball uh, going into the feature, and uh, Devin War- Morgan went on to win that heat. And the 4th heat was won by Dirt Specialist James Eden. So uh, when the feature flies, uh, Dylan Wilson, he holds the lead from the pole until the first caution lap came out at lap 35, while uh, James Eden was really right on his tail the whole time. So uh, points leader Hayden Cordwell moved from his starting position of 15th all the way up to 6th at lap 35. So he was really on the move. So he's really trying. Uh, th- these races in these features, it seems like every week, there's like a mad scramble, like a, a sense of panic in some driver or another who's trying to move up through the field to, to maintain his his points for this for the um, championship. It was a long run till the first caution, too. Yeah, and um, Kokomo is a small track. It's a bull ring. They consider it a bull ring. Um, it does it does have a lot of racing groups that uh, that work well. You know, the bottom works well, the top works well, and the middle works well. So there's times in that race where people are four wide, lap after lap, and it's really impressive that they made it that long before they had any kind of incidents. It was it was quite a quite a show that they put on. So um, after that first restart at lap 35, uh, James Eden gets a great restart on the outside lane of the pole. And he takes over first place when after two laps, there's a big pile up. Six cars crashed uh, going into turn three. Um, Cardwell was turned sideways, but he didn't really uh, get any serious damage. But he did drop four spots from sixth to tenth before the next uh, restart, uh, which was on lap 37. And uh, after the checker flies, the race, the race stayed green the whole time. 
to lap 50. James Eden holds on for his first late model win of the season. And he actually is a great sprint car driver. He had four this, four sprint car victories this year. So he's really good on dirt and won his first late model race this year. Um, Dylan Wilson, he held, held on to second place. Um, and uh, Kevin Dedman grabbed third. So Cardwell salvages a P7 from that race. Uh, but it's not enough to maintain the points lead. Dylan Wilson, he reclaimed the points lead with 11-point lead now over Dylan Cardwell and 14 points over Evan, Evan Say. So it's wow. going to be, a, looks like it's going to be a real tight race to the finish. Yeah, that really tightened it up with that seventh place and then uh, how well that James Eden was running. So uh, it, that's going to be interesting going into these final races. Right. Um so uh, the, the, fun th the funny thing was it, last week at the end of the race, Dylan Wilson, who uh, who was uh, who had just lost the points lead, dropped a second. He said in the post-race interview that you know he's not good on these short bullring tracks. He was uh, conceding that Cardwell's going to be the guy to beat out this week and next week, which is going to be another bullring, and uh, he winds up getting second place and, and does great. So um, where as he thinks he might have thought earlier uh, earlier in the week that uh, Cardwell had a chance to just run away with it. Uh, he actually takes over the lead, Dylan Wilson does, and it, it, it bodes well for a really tight finish to, to the end of the season. So um, that's going to pick back up next Monday at 9 o'clock with uh, Ferryberry Speed, Speedway, which is, again, another bull ring. We'll see how everything plays out. But these races have been really competitive. Um, a lot of action, a lot of beating and banging, uh, a lot of walls getting hit, and it's it's just really fun racing to watch. Yep, absolutely. I need to get more into those on Monday nights. I always have missed those on Monday, but we need to get those. First time winner, Ashton Crowder, final time at turn four to his first win in the Enas car peak in and the Monster Mile in 2020 is tamed by Nitron Garillo. Gonna look to the bottom, it is not gonna be enough. And Ryan Luza is gonna go back to back. He steals the win at Thunder Valley. Welcome, the voice of iRacing, Evan Pasoko. And so, uh, with that being said, uh, joining us now, uh, Evan Pasoko. Hey, how's it going? Good. Did everybody uh, enjoy the race on Tuesday? We had a bit of excitement late in that one. Boy, it was quite a race. You know, it really kind of reminded me of uh, a traditional NASCAR race, you know, where there's, you know, the end of the race really kind of saved it. There's so much action. Yeah. And we, you know, I mean, we kind of knew coming in that the way this package works at Michigan is it was going to be kind of that crazy pack style racing. And a lot of the drivers were kind of warning like, Hey, it might be a mess, you know, like a bunch of wrecks. And we almost went all the way with just that very early incident until we got the one just shy of the white flag. And uh, it certainly set up for uh, an exciting finish. Uh, I think that, you know, these drivers have their opinions on how these cars drive, uh, with this package, but um, I, I think it's just a fun combo with Michigan. If you kind of take uh, you know a step back and look at it objectively, I think it was a fun race. Now, before the race, it was a big news week for the Coke Series, uh, starting with uh, Zach Novak, uh, you know, being a star in the Sunico ad on Instagram uh, for one of their new products, where you pay with the app or when you get your gas. And I was very impressed by the commercial. I hope they run it, you know, on proper broadcast TV. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, it would be sweet to see that. Uh, you know, no shock that that's coming out of the folks uh, at Richmond Running Sway Esports. They're one of the more uh, involved teams on social and, and as far as kind of having support behind the series. And it's cool that Sunoco sponsors them. And yeah, Zach's a, uh, he's a, a star now. I think we referenced it on the broadcast that he's a commercial star now. Uh, and then also unveiled uh, a new paint scheme for their Sunoco Mobile Paid Toyota. Uh, his Sunoco car was one of my favorite to begin with, with the kind of old school lightning bolt across the side so uh those guys don't miss and it's cool you know these opportunities uh that these drivers are getting uh you know i don't think we would have guessed i don't think i had it on my 2020 bingo card that you know one of our drivers would kind of be in a commercial to unveil a new product but uh that's super cool and i think that's kind of one of my favorite things coming out of all this is uh, the opportunities that the drivers have been getting yeah speaking of opportunities uh burton kligerman esports announced uh Bob Bryant will be the pilot of the 77 Valvoline uh, going forward with this race. And uh, they got they certainly used uh, social media to the full extent to make that announcement. Yeah, they made an announcement on their their Instagram. And I had to, to I mean, we kind of knew. Uh, that it was going to be either Bob Bryant or Steve Sheehan, who were the only two independent drivers. Um, you know, there, there was a chance that they leave that seat open, but I don't really think that made sense. And nobody was going to sign outside of the series because there's no rules limiting, you know, development drivers or anything like that. So they already have, I think, like a, a team of five or six people that are kind of dev drivers for them. So it was going to be Bryant or Sheehan. Uh, and Bob Bryant, I think, was the easy choice. He's a top 20 car in points, whereas Sheehan hasn't had a season uh, to remember he's down in the high 30s. So uh, I don't think anybody was shocked by that, but it, it did come on race day. So it was a little bit of a last minute thing. Uh, and that was one of many stories uh, leading up to Tuesday. But uh, good to see Bob to get that opportunity uh, talking about how good uh, the folks over at Richard Raceway are. Um, you know, we had Steve Letard on the broadcast. Steve's been a huge ambassador for this. And when you think of ambassadors, uh, you know, you talk about Parker Kligerman and Burton Kligerman Esports. So uh, that's another great home for Bob to land. Okay, and then you brought us news of schedule uh, shakeup in a points season. I'm a little surprised, but uh, first your reaction about changing all these races around and then what got changed? Yeah, so we had a couple of different things changed. First of all, and and this goes to show that I they don't tell me everything because I remember last time out I said that I think we were still racing at Watkins Glen. At that point, I knew that conversations were happening, but I feel like it would have been announced at that point. Um, but we did, or we, but iRacing did decide um, to change Watkins Glen over to the Daytona Road Course. So actually, our next time out uh, is going to be at the Daytona Road Course. Um, I think the the distance is already set somewhere in the 30s or so. Um, and we just actually found out earlier today uh, that NASCAR is going to be adding a chicane off of turn four on the oval. And Steve Myers tweeted a picture that that is already in sim. In fact, iRacing was building their own chicanes at the office to send ideas to NASCAR on how to slow the cars down um, with what we thought was going to be the low downforce package. Um, it is still going to be 750 horsepower for NASCAR, but it's going to be the uh, high downforce, the bigger spoiler. So even though iRacing currently has a fixed setup for the Daytona road course, it's on the small spoiler. 
you're going to get the updated Daytona road course with that chicane, as well as an updated fixed setup next week. So that's the version of the Daytona road course that we are going to be using uh, when we go racing in this championship in two weeks time. And we had known about that for a few days, but then more changes, as you mentioned, um, iRacing changed a build week. So we move our Darlington race up from September the 15th to September the 8th. Uh, no other competition changes there. It just changes weeks. And then the big thing is that, of course, this was going to be the debut year for Phoenix Raceway to be the championship race uh, with Real NASCAR and, of course, uh, following suit with the Coca-Cola iRacing Series. Phoenix has been changed back to Homestead Miami Speedway. So uh, if I'm Ryan Luza, I'm a fan because, of course, we raced at Homestead for round three this year. He took the win there. Uh, so Homestead will once again be the uh, site of the championship in the Coca-Cola iRacing Series. And I'm just guessing that, obviously, with how many times Phoenix has changed their life, layout um you know obviously it's a completely backwards track compared to now i racing could probably just put the start finish on on the back straightaway on that track and call it a day but i'm assuming that that was going to come with with basically a total rescan um with the new grandstands and pit road layout and all those things and i racing didn't want to kind of patch something up and i think with the pandemic they're not able to travel obviously way out west to arizona to scan it uh, so I'm guessing that's why uh, we get changed uh, from Phoenix back to Homestead. Right. And they have an opportunity to work on the Daytona thing, which, you know, postponed stuff, obviously. And how cool is it that they're like above the ahead of the curve? They already know that NASCAR is going to do this and they start building it and they ha they're going to have it ready before the race. That's just awesome. Yeah, because there's there's going to be no practice. This is something that we talked about when we were kind of previewing the schedule on the broadcast on Tuesday night that, you know, NASCAR has decided for ARCA, Truck, Xfinity Cup, there's no practice. So these drivers are going to be going in blind. Obviously, the manufacturers have their sims and whatnot. But if you're not, you know, in, in a high-end copper or even Xfinity level teams, some of the smaller teams that even for just iRacing members, you're going to be able to try that out first. And of course, the Coke race on the Tuesday is kind of the first NASCAR race at the Daytona road course. Uh, of course, it precedes the race weekend. But yeah, iRacing has it first. The first people who are going to turn laps on that track are going to be iRacing members. It gives an opportunity for the real-life drivers to be able to test it out a little bit. But also, I think just from like a consumer perspective, and even me, I mean, the second that thing's released, I'm driving it because I kind of want to have an idea of what I'm going to be seeing when we go racing in real life at Daytona um, in two weeks. And iRacing didn't have to rescan everything because the actual curbs, to my understanding, that they're using at Daytona, the curbs and the turtles, as they call them, are actually the same ones from Charlotte Motor Speedway. So iRacing already has those scanned. So basically NASCAR sent iRacing the coordinates and all that kind of information. And that's how iRacing is able to put that together in the sim uh, without actually having to send somebody out uh, to Daytona and rescan that. So that's how uh, that was able to come together. I think it's super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to be able to do it without a scan, um, and it it's going to be pretty accurate. I I imagine they'll go back and rescan it later um, once all this stuff is over. Let's get into the race. Uh, so boy, Michigan early trouble for three fast drivers tonight. It was Keegan Leahy got loose under Jeremy Allen and Nick Ottinger. Malik Ray were collected in the fray. Uh, Leahy doesn't look too bad, but the other three were in trouble. Yeah, Ottinger was upside down into the fence. In fact, it was uh, both of those uh, William Byron esports cars that got heavy damage 
in that incident. Uh, obviously, it ended the night for Nick Ottinger, and it pretty uh, banged up John Gorlinski as well. So they both finished it out at the top 30. Uh, I think Malik lost an engine, so he uh, limped to pit road and, uh, you know, he, he was done at that point. Jeremy Allen didn't turn any laps. So in the fact of Ottinger, Ray and Allen, uh, Nick Ottinger waited and was able to get two laps in after replacing the engine. And that got him two spots in the championship ahead of Malik Ray and Jeremy R. Allen for going back out there. Uh, but it was DNS for the other guys. And that, kind of made us think listen the driver said it's going to be a mess we just had a melee on lap two at that point we're kind of preparing for this race to get out of control but after that it was really good well it sets us up for a one-stop race too um and then after that we saw several of the top runners throughout the day uh ch- changing up front it was uh, before the yellow casey kerwin had taken the lead and then he went back to fourth then it was graham bolin uh on lap nine uh the battle for the lead was on. It was Colin Keister uh, took it for a moment, and then it was Chris Sherburn uh, back to the top, and then finally Bobby Zelensky. So all those guys running good. Yeah, we saw, I think the total was 29 lead changes um, for 15 different race leaders, which is higher even uh, than kind of the debut of this package at Michigan uh, last year, where we saw 20 different lead changes, but only seven different leaders. So that comes down to, um, you know, I think excluding 39th in Q, and this is a a stat that I think I talked about because I found this interesting. Asides for the very last spot in Q, first through 38th were separated by less than a tenth of a second. So these drivers and and really the teams, and you heard Ray saying his post-race interview, you know, he's not a very hands-on guy with the set. He's trusting the people that are doing that, you know, putting in the time, and, and he trusts kind of the judgment on that. I think it goes to show you how tight this has gotten um, since last year at Michigan, uh, where even at that point we saw uh, a really incredible race, a thrilling finish, but we only saw 10 different leaders or 10 lead changes, but five different race leaders at Michigan pre this package. It basically doubled last year and it almost doubled again into this year. So that margin um, is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And of course, you know, it was, you mentioned Kerwin up there and uh, it ended up being a good night for him, but there were not just those huge guys leading laps. Phil Diaz got a lap led. Uh, you know, Jarl Tien led 11 laps. I mean, it's great to see some of those guys who, you know, maybe stuck in the 20s and 30s when they want to take that next step forward, really get an opportunity to run good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Burton Klinger and teammates were running pretty good up there, 10th and 11th for Bob Bryant in his first time out in that Valvoline with Logan Clampett right behind him. Uh, lead change then, Colin Keister back up front at lap 25. Then it was uh, Graham Bolin, 28. And then the battle for the lead was just insane right after that. Uh, Corey Vincent was leading after that. But like, with Michigan so wide and there's so much room, uh, these guys were r- racing clean. It was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, at moments late, you know, we saw four, five wide. I mean, it was it was an awesome race. And I think that, you know, we often compare Michigan to Fontana. Fontana was an exciting race, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, when we went there earlier this year, when Ashton Crowder won, uh, you know, that was a race that also had a big number, 30 lead changes for 13 different leaders. But I've always liked Michigan a little bit better. I think that those multiple grooves have a chance. I mean, you can go into the corner three wide and you're not guaranteed that the guy in the middle or the guy on the bottom side is going to be the loser. Whereas typically that outside is going to be better in that situation. Michigan really lends itself to, to some awesome racing. And of course, this is the new Michigan. 
Um, technically speaking, uh, of course, a couple of years back, we were still on the old scan. So now a couple of trips out here uh, with the new one. Uh, but I, I love Michigan in these cars. Um, you know, I may not be a fan of this car and this this package as a whole, uh, but it's a super fun track car combo. And, you know, I don't think uh, you're going to see many people on the sim be able to go out in these cars and, and push it as hard as they were you know and keep it three four wide basically all the way through an entire race nearly green fly pit stops and more um and only have you know just a handful of yellow so i think these guys really put on a good show yeah right before halfway michael guest up front that was really not cool to see and you know, like you mentioned you're all teeing uh and then pit stops kind of begin it there uh D dylan duvall justin bolton from stuart haas uh, pit on 49 uh, after they have cycled, uh, it was Logan Clampett uh, up in the top spot there for a while. And 29 drivers still in the lead pack with 35 to go, with Casey Kerwin leading on, uh, on the outside there. Kane Cook uh, then took the top spot with just 20 to go. And Kane Cook, somebody else, you know, you talk about seeing some different faces uh, up at the front of the field. And, and Kane goes on to get a good result in this race. He leads 13 different laps. You know, but at that pit cycle, you know, you mentioned that that first yellow kind of made it a one-stop race, and a lot of guys were on the cusp because I think the drivers were thinking 47, 48 was kind of their max. Now, some drivers opted, uh, you know, to to top off on that first exchange of pit service, but I don't think we saw as many cars as I honestly would have anticipated. And when you have those Haas cars coming in at 49, I mean, you're not going to make it. And eventually, of course, we go on to see the next yellow happen just before the white flag. At that point, those cars are pitting. So, I mean, it was tight on fuel. But normally when you have like a fuel mileage race, it is in a race where they're two and three ride, right? Like it's guys back it off and trying to conserve. And I, I thought it was a kind of a perfect blend, if you would, of I love that fuel strategy being a factor. Guys trying to stretch every little bit. You know, you had guys locking it up on the pit road, close calls like that. A lot of teammates actually pitting together. Whereas I think for a lot of the year we've seen, uh, you know, the team car splinter off and they weren't necessarily always on the same strategy, but uh, it was nail biting on fuel and on track all at the same time. Yeah, 15 to go. The lineup was uh, Cook, Guest, Kerwin, Keister, Alfala, Vincent, Lyon, Luza, Schaliner, and they were three wide for the lead on the 14 to go. And then Justin Bolton comes out of nowhere on new tires and drives around the entire field to unlap himself. Uh, Colin Keister, man, he had a big moment and fell out of the top five. Yeah, and it was a good save, but he had been up there all night long. It was such an impressive run, um, you know, for that entry. And unfortunately, I think he dropped it back nearly outside of the top 20 uh, before he was able to catch that race car. And then by the time, you know, this this race actually cycles through to the end and, and he gets a finishing position, uh, I mean, it's even worse. I mean, he I don't think he was in the top 20 by the end of the race. So Colin Keister was a guy that I thought deserved a lot better in this. Uh, you know, he, he led eight laps. I thought that the stat sheet should have reflected more, and that's it. You know, it's just one little bit of contact. Uh, you drop back, and that's a tough break for Colin, of course. Uh, he's had quite the season since getting uh, that first win a couple of weeks ago. And eight to go, man. I'm up on the edge of my seat for Mr. Corey Vincent, man, in third, uh, trying to get up there and get that win. But he was chasing Alfala and uh, and Kerwin. But they kind of broke away. It was like three cars that kind of broke out uh, ahead of the group. Um, but, you know, it was great racing up front. And I was just really excited. And, 
eventually, you know, he clears him high, uh, come into the two to go, uh, Kerwin does. Uh, and then there was a caution behind. Uh, Diaz goes for a loop off the nose of Bolin. It appears to be turned down across the nose is what I thought. Yeah, he just got a little bit uh, squirrely because it wasn't like it was right off, off a two. It was quite a ways down the back straightaway. Uh, I think it was one of those cases where he get a little bit too close to the wall. So he brings it off the fence and then he's coming down too, you know, too hard. So he brings it back up and then back down. And he, he was just wobbling a little bit on the back straightaway uh, and he turned himself across the nose. Uh, I would agree with that synopsis. And, you know, it, before that, you talk about this car's break it away. I mean, we didn't see that at all. Uh, all race long until that very end. Uh, and it's funny because I was beating up on Steve Lubiter after the race because he was tweeting, uh, you know, with four laps to go. A fun fact that I didn't know uh, that the Ray F. Allis, a two time Michigan winner from 2013 and 16, and he had said both years that Ray F. Allis won the peak or the Coke Series race at uh, Michigan, you know, that Jimmy Johnson's gone on to win a championship. And of course, the yellow comes out and it messes it all up. So uh, that you can tie together your Ray Alfala and Jimmy Johnson bad luck. Uh, notes there but it set us up for a great restart at the end and some interesting strategy because again all those cars needed to come down pit road for fuel right because we had green white checker and they couldn't make it on fuel so they had to pit so it, you know it's right near the end of the race and you're thinking oh man they're going to stay out but they can't because they need the fuel so now some people do stay out uh, keister bolton schoenberg uh, Bolton and Schoenberg had a little bit newer tires than everyone else behind them was on new tires. It was McCollum who got off first, Sherburn, Kerwin, Schalliner, Alfala, Cook, Mullis, Lyon, Vincent. Yeah, and Alex McCollum got so lucky here because Keister stays out. He was on the same pit cycle as everybody else. So not to, you know, spoil it in our sequence of events, but he was on the same field as everybody else. He stays out there, probably could have survived the first greeted by checkered attempt, but then when we had the yellow and went to a second, he was out of fuel. At that point, he had been out there for about 52 to 53 laps. He's not going to make it on that. So he comes down to the pit lane and has to give it up. The cars that stayed out from the previous strategy, actually a two-stop strategy. So about 10, 15 lap old tires was Bolton and Schoenberg. But Alex McCollum was short on fuel, guys. He came to pit road at two laps to go. He was out. If this race goes green without that late yellow, he's probably finishing 34th at best. Instead, as he's on pit road and completing his service, the yellow comes out. The leaders in three and four slow down. He doesn't lose a lap through the pit cycle, and he kind of ended up as the leader. Technically, the tires were two laps old, but he didn't do a lap at speed. So Alex McCollum, you talk about taking advantage of the situation. I mean, he – I don't want to say that he didn't deserve it by, by saying lucked in. A lot of the time people assume when you say somebody lucks into something, you know, that it's not deserved. But Alex McCollum timed it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with luck being on your side. I mean, that was just great, great timing for him. And uh, he nearly took advantage of it. I mean, went on to get a great finish. Yeah, I was definitely cheering for him specifically <laughs> at the end. Uh, so the second green-white checker there – of course, uh, we had some spinning tires on the restart, but everybody saves it. Uh, McCollum takes the lead coming to the white, and then, like, big wreck. Uh, Bolton uh, destroyed. Uh, Keister had to pit for fuel. Um, it was McCollum, Kerwin, Alfala, Sherburn, Bullish, Schallander, Vincent Cook, Guest. Uh, Kerwin gets the inside of Alex on the backstretch. Side-by-side uh, -side coming to the white. Ray is pushing Kerwin, though. Uh, Alex gets kind of freight train there, and then Casey Kerwin uh, takes it. 
And what a great reaction. We got video of him uh, coming to the checker and uh, him just watching the mirror, basically, and uh, and cheering on. And it's awesome to see the emotion. You know, it reminds me of, of the live look we had with Zach Novak uh, back with the championship at Homestead last year on NBC. And I, you know, kind of liked it a little bit more because every time we take it on board with Casey, I mean, there's not a lot of emotion. I mean, he's pretty chill. You know, we joke about some of the guys that talk a lot and some of the guys who, you know, look tired almost. And Casey's just like straight face, like he's in a staring contest. I mean, I don't even know if he blinks from lap one to lap, you know, 106 or whatever it was to that point. Uh, but it was great to see the emotion from Casey. You know, it means so much for him, not only because, of course, uh, to get his first win since last year, second on his career, uh, but also, you know, when you talk about Denny Hamlin racing, everyone's talking about his teammate all the time, uh, you know, in this and in Keegan Leahy. So I think that Casey took a huge step forwards. He was not even, you know, a top 20 car going into that race. And we had kind of made the point that, okay, final six, then final five races of the regular season after this, maybe if you're around that P20 bubble, it's time to sit down and say, okay, you know, maybe my objective here is to just stay in this championship. Casey jumps eight spots in the championship to 13th. Now he's still 28 points, I think, below the cut, but that is a huge leap and if he can string together a couple of more good results, this could be quite a comeback story. Yeah, and he's uh, hot right now. Uh, first person to congratulate him in virtual victory lane was none other than team owner Denny Hamlin. Uh, you can tell Denny's pumped about this. I haven't uh, the only team with uh, you know two winners. Yeah, and I, I saw that the, the Denny Hamlin Racing Twitter account also posted it. It's the only uh, owner-driver combo to get wins because, of course, uh, Denny Hamlin, a winner in the uh, the Pro Invitational Series, of course, uh, a winner on track as well this year in 2020, and now uh, a winner for both of his cars in the Coke Series. So I think Denny's having fun uh, with this whole thing. I mean, it's been uh, a great, great start. Uh, for those Toyotas, both uh, on the sim and, and on the track in real life. Yep, and we got a nice recap video as well as a radioactive video uh, style where uh, Logan Clampett, Mike Conti uh, were on the radio, mostly those guys, but some others. Uh, and it was interesting to hear uh, a radioactive style uh, with these Coke drivers. I, I loved it. We This is something that we've been trying to do for like four years. I remember back when I still owned LSR TV and we did the pro series way, way back when, uh, like, you know, 2016, 2017. And we had tried to get everybody to come into a team speak. I'm like, okay, we're going to put like a, like an extra account, a bot and record your audio and we'll put together uh, a radioactive and nobody wants the radio recorded. So we had a lot of the drivers buy in uh, on Tuesday night. Um, we, you know, we added Justin to our broadcast coverage where he was basically a pit road reporter and the reports that he was saying, you know, we weren't just making them up. You know, I remember eight years ago when I started doing the iRacing broadcasting and you had a pit lane person, they just kind of made stuff up like that car looks loose. So I'm going to say he's going to try to loosen the car up. I mean, we had all those drivers in team speak. 
we tried to get most of their spotters and crew chiefs and all that in there as well with open mics. So Justin's bouncing around between rooms, listening to the chatter and then relaying to us the story. And because those guys were a little bit more open to being recorded, uh, those Team Conti guys, we were able to record them and put together uh, that segment, open mic. And that should be a segment every week going forwards. And I hope more of the teams buy into that so we can get more voices uh, and, and more chatter on those for the future. Okay, very good. Yeah, I thought it was a great uh, video and I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'd love to see other teams get involved. It obviously highlighted a, a couple drivers specifically that I, I remember. So uh, kudos. It was a great video. Let's talk points and next race. Uh, where do we stack up? Yeah, so of course, uh, with the modification in the schedule, we are no longer heading uh, to Watkins Glen like we thought we would. And, and Watkins Glen's a, a great track, don't get me wrong. Uh, but we are headed to the Daytona International Speedway Road Course. It's tentatively set for 45 laps. That might be modified because I think, of course, we're trying to hit half on the, the Cup Series numbers. And I think the Cup race, if you count the stages, is close to 70, 75 or so. So that would put us a little bit over half. So I don't know if 45 is a solo number. But we're going to the Daytona Road Course. Um, unlike in real life, we can practice. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, these teams have to figure something out new. You know, I was talking with Tim about it last time we saw something new on this championship was with the Charlotte Roval last year. But you're going to be running a high downforce at Daytona. Uh, with the high horsepower as well. It's an interesting combination. And then it's back-to-back at Daytona, but I want to mention Chris Overland joked going into Michigan, it's three weeks in a row because he said Michigan's basically a play track now. But we got the Daytona Road Course, the Daytona Super Speedway, that modified Darlington date that's up a week, then Las Vegas, and then Talladega. And we're going playoff racing. So five weeks still to go. Time's running out, but at the same time, uh, a whole lot can happen, especially when you consider of these five races up next, one of them's a road course and two of them are super speedways. Oh, yeah. And then for the cutoff, uh, we got two people tied for eighth, Chris Sherber and Graham Boland. Logan Clampett's just four points out, uh, Jimmy Mullis, Brad Davies, and there's Casey Kerwin right within striking distance. And he has closed himself in. It has been uh, impressive. And I think that it would be great to see Casey make a late push. You know, other guys like Michael Guest, uh, Corey Vincent got some big boosts. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to kind of pound the pavement as much as maybe Casey's capable of, of just going on a tear here and, uh, and catching up a little bit. But you know, no change up front for a lot of this race. It looked like Luza was going to go back to the top of the points. He was involved uh, in an incident. Um, you know, Garrett Lowe drops down a little bit. I'm just kind of looking at the points now. But uh, Chris Shearburn is kind of my dark horse. Um, you know, he was he, – it's not like Kerwin who went from the 20s way up. I mean, you know, Shearburn was just outside of the top 10 coming into Michigan. Uh, but for one of those Latardi sports Chevys to – start on pole for the third time in his career to run up front. Chris Shearburn is uh, in that tie for that eighth spot. And that you want to talk about kind of like a, a dark horse or a wild card. I'm not sure many people would have put money on Chris being in the playoffs. So I would love to see him upset the venture names behind him, like Clampett, Mullis, Davies, and Kerwin, as you mentioned. Uh, kind of if you're, if you're a fan of the underdog, uh, you're hoping that Chris Shearburn can make some noise as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, boy, it's going to be very interesting going to Daytona. Uh, Evan Pasoko, thanks so much for coming on and talking about Michigan and Coke racing. 
and we'll see you uh, uh, on the next one. Yep, August 11th uh, at the Daytona Road Course. Hope everybody enjoys the show. All right, thank you. Kerwin got a little bit loose at a two, though. Here comes McCollum. Nowhere to go, though. So he pushes the 23. The fight's going to be for second. Alfala on the inside of Alex McCollum. And it'll be Clee there at a turn four as they beat and bang behind for Casey Kerwin. Winner at Michigan. All right, uh, David Hall. Let's talk... Uh... Formula One? Yeah, there's been a change uh, announced by the staff. They're bringing the McLaren MP30 back for the iRacing Grand Prix Series uh, in the September build, in fact. Uh, Greg West says the car's had some major overhauls, including the most updated tire and a significant update over the previous version of the car. He can personally attest to how much fun it is to drive, and while the updates are not released to the members yet, you will see improvement on the level of how the Formula 3.5 was last patch. Um, he's gonna use, they're still going to use the Williams community to set the schedule for Season 4, and he, he says he appreciates your understanding uh, and looks forward to seeing you on the track. Uh, I haven't heard a whole... I didn't really go back and read the thread on this a lot, but I did hear a couple of people that I know do the uh, open wheel racing and they were kind of they were actually a little bit upset with this well if if you're into the williams car yeah the people on the thread that are into the williams car they don't like this change because basically that car is going bye-bye and uh you know you have the mclaren to use but then uh you know the people that have run the uh f 3.5 that's the one they made all those changes to they're the ones who said this is going to be a good change because Greg was saying, you know, this this McLaren has given has been given that same treatment that the Formula 3.5 has. Well, you know, I look forward to I'm sure the guys will look forward to testing it uh, when the time comes. Was that my cue? I was tossing you a softball, man. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Uh, staff member Chris Widener uh Put a post up on the forums looking for AI testers. Uh, there's an opening for around five volunteer, maybe more uh, testers to vote a couple hours a week to um, to test the AI weekly updates. Um, they would also be welcome to test any other content, uh, but AI testing is definitely the priority um, for all those that are interested. There will be an NDA that will must be signed um, for anyone that gets picked. That's I believe that'd be pretty standard. Pretty neat opportunity, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Get your voice heard. Have some fun. Yeah, he uh, filled. It, this isn't available anymore. It filled up real quick. Uh, I think he closed down the need for this. You know, within just hours. Uh, but he got a list of not only the people he needed, but a list of other people that he can pull from if needed. So. So do you guys think that the NDA has stuff to do with um, un unreleased content? I mean, because, I mean, nobody really cares if you're just testing AI cars on tracks and, and combinations that already exist. So I'm wondering if the NDA has a lot more to do with um, content that hasn't been released. Yeah, or just don't talk about anything about it in general, you know. Well, they'd be, you know, testing like upcoming updates and stuff and 
you know, maybe there's some stuff that's not quite ready, you know, it won't be ready for, you know, maybe a month or maybe it's not ready for the next build, but they need people working on that kind of thing. So they don't want that out until, you know, until they want it out. Yeah, they need to be in control of when stuff is released through the marketing department. So it's best to have all the testers just shut down. You guys can't talk about nothing, nothing public at all about anything you're doing with us. Okay. Next up, we're going to do a, a few quick hits on videos. Now, man, I tell you what, the iRacing staff are so busy with everything, but boy, they put out some videos. Um, the first one was another round of that iRacing Twitch clips, uh, the second installment. And we really liked the first one. And the second one uh, certainly was uh, was good as well. I mean, what did you guys think of it? I, I really liked it again. They, they do such a good job. Um, putting together these uh, clips of people um, and then editing them for, for, for entertainment purposes. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to listen to and watch. Yeah, I've liked a lot of the uh, iRacing clips they put out in the last six months or so. They're just getting better and better with the production. Well, there's the but, one guy racing, and then there's a guy behind him, like, trying to put his shoe on, and he's, like, falling over. It's, like, silly. <laughs> that was funny. Um there was there was one guy who was starting a, a road course race, and uh, he he must be using the crew chief because uh, you could hear the crew chief app in the background. The crew crew chief right before the uh, green flag drops tells the guy you know to uh, don't mess this up, but he had the salty language turned on. But uh, and sure enough, the first first bump of the race, he spins it, and you know they go into this melancholy music again. Uh, just watching the guy look on his face as he's just turned sideways at the start of the race. It was funny. Okay, and so what was the next video we saw, Brian? Well, um, last week, if you remember, uh, they put out three videos, how-to videos. Um, they were explaining what licenses are, safety ratings, and uh, minimum participation. Well, uh, this, this week they put out another how-to. This one was about earning participation credits. Um, I don't know if everybody knows this, you know, but by participating, participating regularly in the, um, in the official races, you can actually earn credits to use towards future content or even renewing, uh, renewing your service. So um, it goes over what you need to do to, uh, to receive those credits, you know, and that's uh, another thing that a lot of people like to know. It's a good way to keep the service affordable if you're concerned about that. And I think the first two or three years I was racing, I chased these credits. You have to run, I think, 75% of a certain of a series to get the money for that series or something. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, you get more credits for higher licensed races as well. So um, they, they count more towards what you can get. And so a lot of racers, they just run races uh, each week in certain series just so they can uh, you know get their 75 percent participation across multiple series and then you get paid for each one and the more you get the more credit you get and the lower the lower amount of money you have to pay iRacing at the end of the day so um, I don't chase this anymore I used to but um, I've gotten to where you know it's just a few bucks you know at the end of the day that you're saving so I'm not too concerned about it on on average i get 10 bucks a, a month or i mean i guess a season from running a lot of like ilms and nis well i believe it also doesn't it max out at like 40 bucks a year 
think it maxes out at ten bucks a, a season. Yeah, so a quarter. That, yeah. would, that would be a quarter. Well, okay. That's, that's almost, if you if you get that at the right time, that's almost half a subscription for a year. Well, there you go. And uh, there's a playlist now with all these videos on the YouTube channel. Uh, Francisco Scaramuza, uh, who's staff member, uh, does video stuff over there now. Um, he's got a really nice playlist. It's called How To. It has 21 videos in it. And uh, he had a post where he indicated he's going through and updating all the older ones to fresh videos. And so that's kind of what we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. It's him going through and basically refreshing this uh, library. Uh, the next video we saw was member highlights uh, for June 2020. And uh, boy, I, I watched this one as well. And I can't believe how much good racing we see in these videos. I mean, it seems like iRacing has so many different clips to choose from because the ones that they show us, I mean, two and three and four wide for the win and and uh, literally locking wheels in these open wheel cars and not wrecking and just some incredible racing. Well, think about this. Um, do you remember we just recently hit three billion, didn't we, on laps? Yeah, I guess yeah. that gives you three, a lot of material. Three point one two since then already. We'll hit three. four and we'll hit four in less than a year. Yeah, and uh, the the video was good. Like I said, lots of side by side, uh, four wide for the win, and that kind of thing, uh, road and oval. Yeah, um, I think Malik Ray was on that video, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in one of them, and you gotta love Malik Ray because he gets all hyped up. Yeah, I was gonna say he's he's got to be a blast to watch just just racing because he he's so uh, so fun to watch. He gets so animated. It's it's really fun to watch. I would say he has the best Twitch clip of all time where he he wins the race and just jumps out of the seat and lets the car keep rolling. Yeah, he just like walks away, like drop the mic kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. All right, guys. Well, um, here's something you don't want to do. Um, um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but um, I'll just give a brief description. Uh, apparently, someone posted on, uh, I think this is on Twitter, uh, that uh, there was a, a truck in the C-Fix race, which uh, was painted up. I guess it was done in trading paints, and uh, it was a banner to how to get banned, basically. Uh, this guy had obscenities on there, some disturbing uh, images. And, and the such, and it was, I, I can't believe that this guy got away with putting this car on the track to begin with. But certainly, uh, iRacing and Trading Paints is going to hear about this, and my guess is that he will not be racing for a little while. Yeah, this does violate terms. Um, it does say, go F yourself across the hood, as well as the uh, an iRacer's name badge name as well uh, on the hood and and then you know some disturbing imagery on the back that you know suicide related and then it shows his name you know the per person he's calling out you know obviously it shows the name and you're not supposed to call out people okay so that's a bannable offense right there but to put it on a truck paint and then go paint go race with it where other people can see it and then obviously people have seen it and you know, screenshotted it and put it on Twitter, and now it's on the internet forever, then you can't delete it because it's somebody else's Twitter. 
you're going to get banned, buddy. Well, if you're going to go out and do something like this, you're just, you know, you're kind of asking to be banned. I mean, can't think he's actually going to get away with it. Um, but, uh, I mean, if you want to make a statement, <laughs> this is certainly a way to do it. Definitely, but you have to be ready to to be out of your seat for a long time. And um, the reason he got away with this, there's a lot, you know, just, we, we just talked a minute ago, how much, how much volume goes through on, on a trading paints and iRacing so that's why they have the reporting system they have they can't catch it until something's brought their to their attention now it is been brought to their attention because on this twitter thread is a reply from none other than at trading paints and they say quote with 1.4 million files on our servers we can't check everything that's why the report function exists and then they give a url to their ticket page where you can actually report offensive paints like this and uh, obviously they've seen this twitter and those uh, pictures and i presume have uh, dealt with accordingly well i'm sure it was dealt with accordingly because he's got his protest details on the on the truck bed of the uh on the tailgate of the truck saying for uh, what he got suspended for for his chat oh yeah yeah this was in response to him getting the chat ban so he was already on probation when he did this got it yeah yeah this this dude's just going out in a blaze that's that's pretty much what it looks like well he got his 15 seconds of fame and i i know we'll see him again yeah but you gotta think you know the guy who did this he's gonna go run that paint i don't think he's thinking this shows up on the internet and on twitter and you know people are talking about it and now trading paints has seen it and he probably just thought he's going to go run it in this race and these people in the race are going to see it. That's it. I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing right from the get-go. He is just trying to stir a little controversy. He got it. I mean, we're talking about it. Lots of other people have talked about it. I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this isn't something that that was like a, a spur-of-the-moment kind of, of of a thing. You know, this took some planning and stuff. You would you would think he would use that time to cool down and, and just relax, but he, he didn't go that direction. Well, someone that uh, took a positive direction when they're uh, going to post stuff online would be uh, Mr. Greg Hill. Um, threw up on uh, Twitter, I believe it was. Yes, it was Twitter. Um, a nice little gem of iRacing history. So he posted up a picture um of an early design of the user interface um and my oh my it extremely early it looks like it come out of the 90s the old school like you know windows 95 or windows 3.1 even um kind of showing uh well basically doing what we what we get to do is just uh what we look at if you're using the website is looks kind of dated but this is extremely dated this is like mike ellis dated can um, we use this instead of beta ui <laughs> i'm just kidding but that's pretty cool to see though yeah instead of dark theme like every every site has a dark theme now that you can choose you can choose retro theme retro i like it i like the old school uh, ford focus hatchback picture it's got there at the top yeah, and then notice he got the license thing in the lower left. It just says racing and testing. So I uh, wonder what they were thinking about with licenses. 
yeah, way I, back I, when in sorry, uh, in two thousand and four, the first track that they got on uh, on the picture here is uh, what, how do they call it? A Hockenheim ring from uh, Germany. That's the new one they just announced. That's right. That's right. Took them a little while, but uh, it's been on their minds, as you can tell. So 16 years it took them to get Hockenheim ring, and they've done it. Well done, guys. Am I the only one who didn't know that this was iRacing was originally called First Racing? I think I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah how about I, that? Right, right at the that. top. Firstracing.net testing banner. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's got links to the different pages, website pages on the across the top forums, friends, merchandise, account, options, contact us. I'm glad they 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 went with iRacing. <laughs> yeah, me too. It was it was a pretty good choice. So uh, you may have if you were listening last week, you know that Greg was going to be participating in the VCO championship, and we have some results for that. The 2020 VCO champions are Team Germany. Um, there's some questions on here, but I don't think we're going to be able to completely address them with Greg not being able to make it uh, on how they ended up making some of the final decisions. Maybe he can talk about that when he comes back next week. Uh, but Team Germany took took uh, 498 points with France and Italy following with the silver and bronze. I watched one of these races, one of the road races, and I was entertained it was like 60 cars and there was carnage and people wrecking they weren't wrecking each other but they were you know moving people around and yeah you know and it was fun and the the announcing was fun and it was fun to watch it greg was somewhere like 40th or something and uh i was trying to pick out where he was running in the in the run but uh, I was entertained. I thought it was a, a pretty neat event, but I only saw one of the rounds. They apparently ran several different races. Pretty cool. We'll have to see what Greg says when he gets back. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, still having AI rating confusion. Uh, there was a post in the forums, and I thought it would be good to bring this back up because it is confusing. Uh, trying to clarify what does it mean uh, You know, when you go in and, and adjust the AI ratings. And, um, and so this is what it says here. The user interface AI skill sliders set the ranges for whatever roster you're using. The person in that roster that is set to 100% then will be set to 90%. The person on your roster set to 0% will be set to 25%. Everyone else in the middle will be scaled accordingly. And uh, if you understand that, then you're better than I am. Uh, basically, it's more like they have a rank. Like, this is the best driver, this is the worst driver. And when you do the sliders, you're just determining how good the best and worst driver are. Oh, okay. So if you put the rating at 25% to 90%, like they can never be better than 90%, then the other slider, so whoever's the best within your your drivers is now at that 90% mark, even though they're really 100 Yes. And the the guy that was marked as 0% bumps up to 25%. And so the percentages probably probably just actually have to do with how far they apart they are from each other and then they just kind of get equally spaced between where wherever you put the slider. So like if you put it from 85 to 90, your 100% guy would be 90, your 0% guy would be 85. 
Yeah, and Alex Saunders put this tidbit. He said, think of the rosters as showing the relative skill between the drivers, while the race settings control the absolute skill of the driver. Okay, guys. Well, um, there is a new member of iRacing family, and uh, it is former NFL star and new NASCAR fan Bernard Poller. Um, he was a... Uh, He's a safety. He played in NFL um, for uh, quite a few years. He was on the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, when they won the Super Bowl. And uh, he is a new NASCAR fan. He got introduced it a few few weeks ago and uh, jumped into iRacing. So uh, since then, he's been, uh, he's been pretty uh, – he's been on Twitter quite a few times. He showed off his new rig that he bought. Um, uh, he put a video on his first time he ever qualified, which uh, he, he wound up getting a the 19th or 18th, something like that. Uh, he, he thought he did really well, but wasn't that great. But it was his first time, I think. So, heck, can't can't beat that. I, I love this guy. He puts out this video. Uh, why would my wife interrupt me while I'm racing and uh, it is hilarious and he is now and I told him this I replied to him and I said you are now fully acclimated to what it's like to be an iRacer welcome if you're married yeah, exactly uh, yeah in in that video he's he's talking to the camera he's like why would my wife do this to me he apparently he was in the middle of a race he had his headphones on for for a sound and his wife came up alongside of him pulled his headphones off to talk to him i guess and when when she did that he turned left crashed and uh made a mess of the race that was a, it was very funny yeah he said it when she pulled the left cup off his ear his left ear he just immediately turned left for some reason so wrecked his car and then the last video was not he he just lost his freaking mind he got a podium he got a third place finish and he put up a twitter video just you know screaming yelling hooting hollering you know typical you know i racer gets a podium yeah this is this is exactly what you imagine him being like you know after making a huge play in a football game just you know that kind of enthusiasm it was uh it was really great to see that yeah, so we've talked about him a couple weeks now, but we he is uh, fun to watch on Twitter. So get go find this guy. He's at Crushboy31. But we did email him this week uh, to try to get on his schedule and uh, see if we can get him to come on the show. But we haven't heard back. Yeah, he was on um, he was on Door Door Bump Clear Clear podcast a couple weeks ago, and. You, you, he was talking to the guys, just just trying to absorb as much information about racing as he could, and uh, yeah, you can tell when somebody's genuinely interested in something and trying to learn. And he definitely has put his time in to learn about NASCAR, and uh, and that's that's really cool to see. And you know, we talk about uh, seeing diversity in NASCAR, drive for diversity. We've we we like promoting. Uh, the women that we've brought in, uh, like I always love rooting for for Snell Racing. Um, what got him interested in and in started was that he heard Bubba Wallace inter- being interviewed on ESPN, and could tell that he's that he sounded, to quote Bernard, as he sounded like a brother, and that got him interested. He's like, "There's a black guy in NASCAR," and that's basically what got him interested. Yeah, now he's hooked. You can tell he's hooked. 
That's what I like to see about these new guys is when they get in, they get hooked. And the good thing about him is he's been streaming all this stuff, or not streaming, putting up videos after of how excited he is. That's just the kind of stuff I like to see from new people is how they get excited and get hooked on it. Yeah, fun to watch. I hope we can get him on the show. Well, you know he's got that competitive drive, and, and we've, uh, we're seeing it with, like, Elliot Sadler coming into iRacing, too. It, it kind of gets him – it allows him to, to – still experience that competition without having to destroy their body for a season. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next up, uh, we got a word uh, from RocketRacingSetups.com. They're selling uh, setups, guys, kind of like a VRS-style situation. And uh, they put out a post uh, this week. Uh, There's been a lot of changes recently, and uh, and we recently picked up a Pro Series-level team. We'd like to give a warm welcome to Boyd Hogan and his team, Legacy Esports, who are on board with David Lamb Racing to build our asphalt setups for our customers. And I've heard of Boyd Hogan. He's uh, no slouch. He's right at the front of the field in top split NIS every race. Right. And so uh, he's going to be building setups for this rocketracingsetups.com. Steve, I think you found this one. Yeah, I was just searching around on Facebook earlier and just messing around, and I just stumbled across it. It, it looks like it's pretty new. They don't have a lot of stuff out yet, for the, especially for the cup cars, uh, but they're still working on them. Yeah, so they do have a website. Uh, I just went and clicked on a Phoenix set, and it's $15 for the cup car. And I guess I can check out and pay for it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it better be a good set for 15 bucks per track. It better be the set they're running, man. Well, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, for that price, it better. So, if we, if we get desperate one of these days, I may, I may grab one of them. If, if we just can't get one working, like, where was it that I, I was just beating my head against the wall a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. When we're in that situation, I'll, I'll pay 15 bucks. I think it week. may have been New Hampshire. I was really struggling getting New Hampshire to work. Yeah, I think it was New Hampshire. New Hampshire was just a nightmare regardless of the set. The racing was terrible anyway. It may have been the one before, though. Well, because I thought I was okay with New Hampshire. It just got wrecked out of all four. I that wasn't was, very lucky. Was that that have been uh, India? Uh, maybe, maybe. I definitely wasn't lucky. And speaking of Lucky, uh, their staff member has finally addressed the Lucky Dog not being announced. It's a known issue, and they're looking to fix it in an upcoming patch. I haven't seen a response from them to anybody talking about the the too many cautions thing, though. No, we haven't. But at least they've acknowledged that part of it. Um, But because a staff member is on this thread, I also commented on the thread and said, also... The cautions are one lap longer than they used to be. Please fix that, too. So hopefully uh, Michael Berg from iRacing will see that and uh, be aware that there's an issue. It can't I don't be know. on purpose. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but when, I, when I'm when i a lucky dog, man, I'm always just yelling it over the internet, over the uh, comm link, you know. Yeah, I'm coming around. I'm coming around. That lucky dog on the outside. Some people don't do that, and you and you see them like weaving through the field to try to get through it. Um, I think I think a lot of this can be solved if if people are just announcing themselves as the lucky dog as they're coming through. Well, 
this has been broken for several weeks now. Uh, the the spotter used to announce it, and and you can see people move to the left when the spotter used to announce it, but uh, it's been broken for a while. So we'll just move on to the next one. It looks like in the forums here, I'm going to just announce the first name. Burt Ram posted in the forums asking what's everybody's favorite track and car combo for the IA, for the uh, AI racing. Um, and he's wondering, would it ever be where you could uh, try the AI with the track before purchasing? I've never tried the AI guy, so I don't know nothing really about this. Have you guys tried it? Because I don't use the beta UI. I have uh, for the Cup. I've done the Cup series at like, uh, you know, Charlotte and Daytona and that kind of thing. I've done a little bit of road course racing, but not uh, enough to say that I've, I've done it. But some of the responses on this thread are real interesting. Some of the uh, combinations that people have dreamed up. Yeah, um, my experience is that the AI and the stricter plate races are, is not very, uh, very good. Um, I know there was a post a while ago about some of the some of the uh, ways that you can arrange the AI to make it better, but I never really got it that great. Um, I've had a lot more more fun with the AI and like on a mile and a half track, seemed like it was a lot better on on those kind of races. You can use it to get a better idea of how the car is going to behave in traffic, but I, we've done enough uh, races and setup work now that we don't need that as much. Uh, this one guy posted this idea. He runs 50 cars, four classes, the Porsche Cup, the GT4, the TCR, and the MX-5 at a big endurance track like Sebring, Daytona, or Spa. 80-minute race. Uh, AI is really quick there at 85%. They were about one second faster than him. He managed to overtake them at the start when they're slow uh, and so forth. But uh, that sounds like fun. I uh, try to get a bunch of different mix of cars, slow and fast, and see what happens. I have to try that. Yeah, from what I gather in some of the posts, it seems like the AI on road courses is a lot more beneficial than, uh, than it is on ovals. Okay, so next up, a uh, post about... The 1987 Legend Cup cars are broken at Darlington. Well, I think we knew this when we went to Darlington several weeks ago in this car. Uh, but there is a, pros, a post that, hey, there's a huge problem. Whenever we touch the wall, uh, it's like the, it, it chews you up and spits you out is basically what happens. Uh, they, they, doesn't work, they don't really stick, but they, they, it's pretty violent if you touch the wall when it really shouldn't be. Um, and then Eric Kudek did post up, hey, we are testing an improvement here. Um, if there's a patch and it's ready to go, we're going to push it out. The improvement will definitely be out for the next season at the latest. And so it sounds like they are fixing uh, the way that these cars stick to the wall. And I think what it is is the sidewall of the car, of the tire, is what hits the wall first instead of the body of the car. And that's causing the, some, in these violent reactions. And so, yeah, if you're racing that car at Darlington, you got to keep it off the wall, or you just toast. Yeah, that's that's tough enough to do without all that stuff going on at Darlington. In that car, it's crazy. Okay, so we're going to uh, housekeeping notes. Uh, don't forget our show notes. Uh, everybody's working really hard on those to make them look great for you guys. They're in the descript. There's a link in the description of every podcast. And it's searchable because it's on Google Drive, and you can actually do keyword search and 
It's a great resource for looking up information. Uh, and then let us know if you guys have stories at iRacersLounge at gmail.com. Just send me a link. And then let me know if there's any podcast platforms that we're not on. Uh, and specifically, the Aftermath podcast. Let us know if you don't see us on a particular podcast uh, platform. And with that, let's go to Fantasy. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. Oh, we had a bit of a miss. Messed up week this week with our, uh, I guess you should say last week, because while we were recording, the race was on. Um, And I noticed there's a few people that didn't get their picks in properly. Um, And you can tell a bit of a bit of a shakeup throughout the top 10. We don't have any new people uh, breaking through into the top 10, but some people gained, some people uh, dropped a little bit. Some people increased their lead. But, uh, we'll do a, you know, a real quick uh, rundown. Um, TG1 Racing, myself, is still in the lead currently. Uh, it's not by very much. I was able to uh, create a bit of a gap, but uh, half a race, and and I'm out of out of the first place position. Um, just in time, second place. Jedi McFly is in third. GI Jojo, sorry, Smiling Ninja moved up a spot and she is sitting in fourth. GI Jojo's in fifth. Laird Racing, sixth place. KBM is in seventh. Res Dog is in eighth. Romance Girl is in ninth. And Kiri Seal is in 10. Um, we got the, the race coming up this Sunday. And, and we're still, we're just like, it's a couple hundred points within the top 10 that that's all that's the difference right um that is like two races you go from 10th to to first if somebody totally biffs it um but that's really all that it takes now we are getting you know late into the regular season um people are running out of their their top picks um this is this is where where it's all this is what it's all about this is where it's at this is what what makes this fantasy stuff a lot of fun is you know these last bunch of races leading to the end of the the regular season you know who do you got left do you have anyone left um and if you do like when are you going to play them when when's the right move um it's 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 all part of the game man i fell to 13th from 12th steve i see you lurking out back there in 17th and you're about to take over Tafosi's Tony the Tiger. Yeah, I just I didn't notice on my picks. I still got a lot of picks left. I didn't use a lot of them early, so we'll see what I can do here late. Well, you're running out of time, my friend. You got to play them. Um, I know. <laughs> you don't want to be sitting, you know, with a fistful of Kevin Harvick's at the end of the season, especially, you know, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin. Those are the two guys that are are just going crazy. Uh, since we come back from the COVID break. And, you know, if if you finish off the regular season with any of them uh, available, you've you've wasted you've wasted points. You've thrown points away. Well, uh, I'm telling you, I've already I got like five lefts of Harvick to use and I've got a bunch of them left. So I haven't used nearly enough. I messed myself up on this one. This is the first year I've really tried to do it. Well, there you go. So now, like, you can just stack your lineup and uh 
you know, give Tony the gears as you were ahead of him last week. You slipped a little this week. It's not a big deal. Just, uh, you know, time to bring out the big guns. Don't let, don't waste them. You watch. I'm going to shoot the top real fast. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm ready to, ready to defend. This is, uh, this is a lot of fun. Okay. Very good. Fantasy. Get on it. All right, let's jump to hardware or software. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. So the first thing we got here, guys, is a multi-portable uh, hanging neck fan. So it pretty much just goes around your neck. It's got two fans on each side, and you can put the fans in any direction you want, towards your face, outward, however you want this looks like it would be pretty cool to have sitting next to your rig. If you don't have a fan, you get hot. Just throw this thing on to cool yourself down, especially if you're using VR. I use VR, and I know I get hot quite a bit using that thing. Yeah, I was thinking this would be perfect for VR because it's nine bucks. I mean, it's just you know, it's nine bucks. Just you throw it around your neck and you point the little things up to your face, and it blows right on your face while you're racing. Got a few different color combinations. You got white, you got black and red, you got blue and white, green and white, and a pink and white for the lady racers out there. And this is eBay.com, and I guess you would just search for uh, portable hanging neck fans. And it looks like uh, they just charge up with a USB charger, so uh, there's no batteries or anything like that to worry about. Yeah, this is my my fear with VR. If I was ever to do VR, is the heat and the sweat and so this would be a must-have if you have vr I, I would say especially if you live here in arizona we have this thing in the south called air conditioners aha uh -huh. so guys uh, about a month or so ago i was um checking around for uh maybe looking at getting an mpi um sim wheel um but the ones that i was looking at were always out of stock well uh eventually um I went to it again, and uh, I got a new message from MPI. Uh, this one said that the new products are coming soon. All of the uh, older SIM wheels are completely out of stock. You can't get those any longer. Um, but there's coming out with a whole new line of uh, MPI uh, oval SIM racing wheels. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come out with, you know, the price range of them, uh, whether they've changed price from the existing ones, which seemed pretty reasonable for a you know for a uh, i guess the sim is is almost a, a copy of the actual uh wheel that they use for oval racing so uh, i'm looking to see forward to seeing what they come out with and apparently it's coming soon so i was looking at these the other night and kind of looking up the price range so there's four different options but the bigger option is you can get um it a different color you can get logos you can get like four different things on it to cut completely customize it the way you want it. It takes six to eight weeks from the time the artwork and colors are approved for it to be shipped. And the price is looking about $400 for one. That's if you get one with all the options. This is the customized order. So you can still order them custom, even though their regular stuff's out of stock. And so th these are pretty cool when you post up these colors. I, I mean, the bright yellow and the blue, I mean, I was like, man, I kind of like that. Yeah, from what, it, what I was reading, it sounds like you can, you can make it any way you want. 
any color, any stitching, all that type stuff, any way you want it. Your own artwork. So if you want to do a Tafosi, you could put the Tafosi logo or the iRacers Lounge logo, anything like that on it. Yeah, you can see the Smithfield uh, wheel here, I presume for Eric Almarola, but it's got the Smithfield logo, like literally on the wheel. And, uh, you know, even in the middle uh, pad as well, you can see the logo. And there's another one up here, NBC Sports uh, uh, branded. And it looks like it's embroidered right on. It's not even like a sticker. It's like embroidered. No, they do. They they stitch it and embroider it in there. My favorite one on here is the Nathan Hot Dogs one. I like that one. I like the color and all of it. Yeah, the bright yellow. Yep. Yeah, that really does pop, doesn't it? Now, are these um, the sim wheels or are these the actual uh, race car wheels that they have on their website? Uh, you can get them and adapt them to your sim rig from what I was reading. Yeah, I don't think these are specific to sim. Yeah, you have to buy an adapter. Remember, we covered a story about Max Pappas making an adapter that maybe somebody else might have designed. And But anyway, yeah, yeah you can buy that and uh, and use these. No, they do have an adapter for it on there. I was looking at all that, too, when I was going down that rabbit hole the other night. Okay, pretty cool. But that, but that's just the wheel, guys. you got to get the adapter. you got to get, you know, the thing that attaches it to the wheel and all that. You know, paddles and a button. and Paddles, you say? Or pedals? Yeah, next up is the Wave Italy Impetus Pedals Imola GT Style Conversion Kit. Didn't we cover this one already? We did. Um, we, yeah, we covered the product a little bit, but um, Barry Rowland from uh, Simracer Garage, he, oh, uh, he has a review. whole video. He does a whole video that shows you how to do a conversion from the uh, to the uh, GT style. Yeah, and uh, basically it takes uh, floor-mounted pedals and hangs them uh, from this little you know metal box thing that he get, got from Wave Italy. Uh, I love ha hanging pedals. Uh, now that I've had them, I don't know if I would ever want, you know, pedals that are not hanging. Yeah, and and as we talked about before, these are some solid-looking pedals, man. Yeah, Wave Italy has some good stuff. Uh, I've been impressed. I did not get to watch this video, so I don't have a lot to say about this particular one. Well, uh, you know, Barry does his typical uh, thorough review and uh, in his videos. It's It's probably an hour and a half long, I think it was. So I wish Bobby was here with us uh, to talk about this one because um, he's desi he designs his own sim rigs or has played around with designing them. Uh, and he just buys all the profile himself. Um, a company called Open Sim Racing. They're selling their F1 and GT3 8020 rigs. They're selling the plans, actually. And you just get the stuff yourself, put it together. Yeah, 30, doc 30 bucks for the plans or digital PDFs. Um, you can also uh, order CNC files to go with the PDF. Um, and then you can decide if it's 15 series, 30 series, or 40 series as far as the extrusion. And you got to have plans, I guess, if you're going to part it out and buy it, you know, and uh, making plans yourself is one way. But hey, 30 bucks. And I mean, if you look at the pictures, guys, this looks like a really nice setup. 
Yeah, I think it looks really solid. Um, you know, and and my guess would probably even with the price of the plans and buying the uh, extruded material all yourself, you're probably saving money from what uh, you know pre prefabricated unit would be. Yeah, I love how the monitors are are really aggressive up in the face, right above the wheel. You know, that look, I like that. That's uh, everything's right, real close to you and everything. I might need to upgrade. The thing about eighty twenty is. It, it's customizable, you know, it's upgradable in the future. If you wanted to bolt motion onto it, you could. Yeah, I, I just, I have 8020 and I just love how flexible it is. Um, I had some extra parts that I've used to make custom uh, custom items for it. I just recently uh, just added a fan to, to my rig by uh, using some extra parts and uh, just modifying a, a little eight inch fan that I attach to the aluminum, that, and, and, and it's perfect. It's so easy to work with, and you can do so many different things with it. All you need is a little extra material. Right. Yeah, if I was starting over, I'd definitely be doing 80-20, just so you have the ability to do future upgrading. I'm actually about to get rid of a, a table that I'd basically just use for throwing all my junk on when I come in, and I thought about replacing it with an 80-20 rack, so to speak, um, of shelving just because it would actually match the rig. That'd look cool. All right, Tony has stepped out, so I'm going to jump in and review, and we can just kind of review this one on the fly. I didn't get to get a head start on it, but we have a company review from a, a UK company called FP0. They got two new simulators. Uh, one of them runs about 6,000 euros. The other one runs uh, 15,000 euros. Have you had a good look at this, Mike? A little bit, and um, it, but it's a package. It, uh, you, you go on that website, and you can configure it online, so to speak. Um, they do use, uh, it looks like Fanatec for some of the, uh, you know, the wheel and, and the pedals and stuff and the shifters. But uh, it's, it's a custom rig that they, it looks like they've built themselves, and they have two versions. Um, I don't know about the pricing. It seemed high, you know especially for the one that's 15 and and i really don't see a lot of difference except it's just more of a formula design instead of gt um it does have belts though and a belt tensioning about the only um i mean that and the monitors it's got the triples instead of a curved monitor it, right. it, the computer is included um and I, I don't know if the is the simu cube included as well i think it's it, the, package. It the whole package so if, if the yeah. computer is included then maybe it is a good deal i don't know 5,800 euros with a computer. I guess that's pretty good. Because the computers are going to be, a good one's 2,500, you know. How sturdy does a club sport look like, look to you guys? To me, it doesn't look like it would top be that heavy. sturdy. Yeah, it looks top heavy. It doesn't look like it would be that sturdy for like a direct drive or something like that. Yeah, it, it does have that kind of look to it, so... Yeah, it's fp0.co.uk, so they are in the UK, so if you're over there, check them out. Let's do another company review, Brian. Yeah, this is uh, eSim Racing. Um, it's a, I think it's a Chinese company from what I saw when I was going through this website, and they sell all kinds of um, precision parts for your rigs. 
Um, everything from nuts and bolts to base shakers and wind simulator parts. Um, they sell actuators for motion. Um, so they, they sell a lot of different um, items. Uh, yeah, and uh, I haven't seen too much about the shipping on it. Like I said, I think it's coming from China. So, uh, yeah, we'll so, it, it just got a lot. It's so much stuff to go over. It's hard to hard to explain everything that's on this uh, uh, on their website. But it's just about anything you can think of. Yeah, and if you're looking to do do-it-yourself motion, this looks pretty awesome. I mean, you can buy these packages. That, the big one they have is called the DIY Mega, $2,120. And it's basically like D-Box, you know, one for each corner. Uh, but it's got the actuators and the motors and everything. Yeah, and it looks like uh, those, they, they look like they would mount really, really easy to a, an 8020 rig or something like that. Yeah, and they have different packages. They have a, the DIY Ultimate at 1300 I mean, this is affordable compared to what I've seen from other companies for this kind of product, um, you know, the where it goes up and down on each corner kind of thing. Yeah, they have some videos on their website, too, that show, show the uh, motion simulators in, in, in use. And uh, it lo looks really good. Um, haven't seen any um, reviews offline about them yet, but uh, from, from everything else I saw, it looks like it's, it's pretty good stuff. So they're based out of Hong Kong, productions in China. Um, but I haven't heard of anybody actually using this stuff, so... Take that with a grain of salt. It's eracing-lab.com. Uh, next, we got the Racebox Sim Button Box, a new model. It's a 24 in-game programmable functions. Uh, button Box includes a six-foot USB cable, labeling stickers, and four M4 inserts compatible with Visa 75 mounts, 129 US dollars uh, plus shipping. And uh, got a, kind of a carbon fiber look uh, on the front of it. Uh, several different types of buttons, uh, rotary, uh, you know, a flip, a toggle, uh, several smaller toggles, different colored buttons, push buttons. Uh, not a bad little box for 130. And it's a 90 day warranty. And this is, uh, on, I found on Instagram, they're called racebox.sim. I don't know if they have a website. I think I went looking for it, and they have a Facebook. And so I think they just do um, orders via social media. Uh, looking at their Instagram, the previous post, they show a, a photograph of about a dozen different button boxes. So they obviously sell them. How, uh, how do you think they would be bounded to a, to a rig? I, I don't really see how, how you would attach them. Do you have to build a, an actual box for them? yourself and then these just go inside the box maybe i mean that's a good point you don't see any pictures of the back and so it makes but you wonder the main picture has a back if you look on the script yeah yeah it does still don't know where you'd be able to mount it from unless you got a an after after market part or something to put it on your rig with yeah you need to you need some 3d or details on that it's not a bad looking box the box looks good itself. So do you guys prefer wired headphones or wireless when you're racing? Wireless. Wired. VR. Oh, you, are you, you use the VR headphones on yours? Yes, I do. Yeah. 
That's interesting because one of the things that I specifically like on my set is that it doesn't really have headphones. So I just set mine over my headphones, which are studio quality uh, Sony's, you know, being as I'm the sound guy. Uh, and I don't have to keep switching my outputs all the time either. So it's really convenient for me. But speaking of wireless headset options, uh, we put this on the script. Uh, there's a Audio-Technica ATH in your headphones. They run about 340 bucks, and that's on the high side. So what? do you guys know what makes these worth this much money? I don't know, but I like it because they're in-ear, okay, and... And, and they're not like hanging out of the ear and they're wireless. And, uh, you know, maybe you just have your spotter communication in those. And then maybe you're putting another headset over the top of that. I don't know. I was thinking all kinds of crazy ideas. Now, they'll either they'll either fit sitting up to the ear or down to the ear. And I, I can't stand in ear earphones because they won't stay in. They, they just fall out too easily. Yeah, to me, they look like they're kind of bulky to just be hanging in your ear, you know? They look heavy. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, just that, me. That upper part's either going to have to have to sit up in your upper ear or it's going to hang down. And I think the way they're showing it in the picture, it's going to sit up more towards your upper ear. But for me, the, just stuff like that never stays put. I bought a pair of waterproofs just, just for being out by the pool, and they're, they will never stay in. I've always wanted to get rid of my Logitech headset with microphone because it's hot and heavy kind of thing and go to an in-ear kind of communication with I, some other mic. I'd get you I would get you a proper podcaster mic and and a pair of Sony's. They're, I have the, way, I have the podcaster way, mic. Yeah, just use that mic. Just have it just get it get it up there and have a just get a regular pair of over-the-ear headphones that are wired, and you never have to worry about them running dead in the middle of the race. Yeah. That's why I don't mess with wireless usually, because I don't want to deal with that. Batteries and all that. Charging. Okay, next up, we got a company review. This is apxsim.com. And, uh, wow, when you look at their website, it's got this really clean-looking tubular rig that's white with D-Box on each corner, and uh, boy, it is clean, sleek looking. Uh, they call it, they say static to full motion. They have your perfect racing simulator. And uh, the price shows 5,500. They have it in white, red, blue, or black, uh, as far as colors. And uh, there's different packages as far as the seat, like you can add a, uh, Sparco seat for an extra 360, but if you want the Sparco Circuit 2, it's an extra 990. <laughs> and then uh, wheels, you can either pick the Logitech uh, or Thrustmaster or Club Sport. And so they have different options depending on, you know, which one you're going to pick. So the 5500 is just the rig part, and then you buy all the components to go with it. Yeah, you can see where the motion stuff would go in and that's curious i don't know if i've ever seen any of the rigs actually have the actuators directly under the monitor before on the same pole that's holding up the monitor yeah yeah that could that would be interesting to see what kind of torque that puts on the monitor clasps boy that the wheelbase looks stable though doesn't it yeah it's really stable 
it's good strong tubular triangular in shape and triangle is always the strongest shape in construction right exactly it's like a pyramid kind of look still a lot of choo-choo uh and then it looks like the motion uh boxes or power supplies are like right under the seat which is convenient really nice looking rig i'm kind of impressed yeah it's kind of futuristic looking if you ask me it looks like a something from a uh, you know a futuristic show you know if you want to add a handbrake or a shifter or a a keyboard stand or a mouse or something you're out of luck it looks like uh, because it's it, it's not like a d uh, like a 80 20 setup for sure you get what you get well uh next thing we got is uh something from a company called lovely stickers and it's it's basically um just the ways uh ways to bling up your ride basically you can get racing stickers that go on your wheel box or, and your wheelbase, I mean, and uh, and they make it look like a, like your favorite race car. You know, everything from Ferrari um, and a whole bunch of other different styles. And they have them for different um, styles of wheelbases from uh, Logitech, Thrustmaster. They have uh, Fanatec uh, ones for the uh, DD, DD uh, direct drive wheelbases. Um, a whole bunch of different styles that you can get just these sticker packages. And they go right on your uh, right on your wheelbase. I love it. That Mercedes Patronus colors on the DD1, man, that looks sharp. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of custom, uh, I guess, liveries on people's bases lately, showing up on my Facebook timeline. But these are stickers. I don't know about putting a sticker on my thousand dollar base, but it sure looks good. I guess if you're going to put it on there permanently, you know. I just wish they would make something more NASCAR-like because that's all I really race, cup cars. Yeah, these are all Formula One-style liveries. Uh, there's nothing NASCAR-related at all. Somebody out there is doing them that look more like a sponsorship, like like the Lowe's car or something along those lines. Now, so. this guy is also doing wheels to, to cover the front of a Formula wheel uh, as well, and uh, those look pretty cool but again i mean you're gonna put a sticker across the front of your wheel yeah i guess you if you're fully invested in in whatever your favorite driver is i guess you might okay let's keep moving uh we got another company review uh this time germany and uh this website is uh a contour-racing.de and uh they have this uh basically uh seats where they're racing seats like sparco okay they're sparco seats but they paint them in these livery colors it's kind of like the stickers we were just talking about where they're formula one uh sponsorship color look kind of thing um and so they have different categories uh simple basic design with a few colors lettering uh, with simple fonts and so forth. That's 450 to 520 euros. Then they have second category where there's more elaborate design where the entire thing is, is colored and so forth, 520 to 590 euros and so forth. And then they have the fully custom 590 and up, uh, you know, where you go all out with, uh, you know, painting the entire uh, seat with a design. 
And some of the examples, uh, pictures that they put up, uh, pretty freaking cool. I love them, especially the bright green ones. I mean, if you're going to spend all this money on these rigs, guys, and we're going to put a wheel on the on these rig, I mean, a seat on the rig, and it's just a simple black seat, just think of how much nicer it looks if you had if the paint, you know, if it was painted and popped, you know, with a certain color. Yeah, this guy is a, an artist of the stuff he's put on here, man. It's 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 impressive. Yeah, and one of the pictures uh, on our script it shows the colored uh, Porsche paint job, and then he's got the seat to match the color uh, the, of the of the actual race car. So the the paint jobs match, and I I just love that. And and this is obviously a business for real uh, race cars, uh, real real race car drivers and teams that are buying seats. But obviously, you can buy this for sim racing as well. So that's why we're talking it. So while we're spending your money, if you want to spend about a little under 700 euros on, on a rim and you have the SimCube base, well, Dave Cam, he just try, he's been trying out the Cube Controls GT1 Lite, and he's been putting it through the paces. He says it feels like he's driving a truck compared to the Formula Wheel but he loves it and i can kind of relate with that a little bit because it's definitely a different feeling when not when i have my porsche rim on versus my f1 rim and that's because that i basically bought the porsche rim to, to act as my oval wheel you know with it having that larger circumference um larger radius it it has less responsiveness but more sensitivity you can be more subtle with the movements which is better for ovals particularly um I guess this is a popular wheel actually in GT cars, but any of the GT cars, I usually just use my formula wheel. Yeah, this is kind of a roundish wheel, uh, flat on the bottom, uh, much like you said, the Porsche wheel that you're, you're running. And uh, it's got buttons and paddles and all that. 689 euros in stock. Uh, ship Ooh, date says August 29th. Oh, wow. Okay, that's I wouldn't call that in stock. Yeah. It says in stock above, but then down below it says uh, estimated shipping August 29th. So, yeah, it'll be a month before uh, they go out. But pretty nice-looking wheel. I don't know about the price, though. I mean, Q-Control is the one that makes that really nice-looking formula wheel, too. And so this is probably, you know, the GT version of it. So uh, next we have another company review, a company called Sands racing fabrication that's spelled s-a-n-d-t apostrophe s racing fabrications um they provide custom solutions to all types of uh projects from uh sim racing um they have uh they have it's basically 80 20 systems that uh you can buy uh accessories for from any, everything from lfe mounts and uh and pivot brackets um and he sells full chassis as well for the 8020 system he's got one he's got one for uh 469.99 the 8020 srf 48 racing chassis it's um you know it's pretty it's pretty bare bones but not not out of the question for what some of these uh 8020 systems typically come in for but a lot of accessories that you can get to uh to add to that as well yeah, is this another source to get 8020, uh, you know, and he does have a, a complete rig there, like you said, 489 available. Um, we found him on Facebook, and he's got some parts that he's been putting up, and uh, it really caught my attention. 
I do think that his um, his uh, connection points, like uh, where the where the two pieces of eighty twenty come together, look really solid. So they look very strong at the at the joints. The flat metal pieces, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's um, what I was talking about. He's yeah. got some custom pieces there. Uh, it looks like he's put together that's got his logo on it as well. Pretty cool. That's uh, sand, A-S-A-N-D-T-S, racingfab.com. So this next thing we got, guys, is, guys, is this, uh, Fuzzwa. It's a uh, new Discord uh, thing this guy's doing, Discord bot. Um, it's a statistical database that can um, track your races, your DNFs, how many wins, um, all in Discord. It also does can do your race and tells everybody's I rating, qualifying times. Um, it keeps tracks of what, how you do in certain series, with, uh, how, with, with what position you are in, with whatever series, out of how many drivers. Um, also does, I'm guessing, league standings also, or team standings. The guy is accepting teams right now to do the beta. He will set up the bot in your Discord for you guys to do the beta. This is a pretty good, pretty good option to have, I think, guys. What about you? Well, this is the guy that provides us all the stats that we've talked about all the time on the big races. Rob Crouch from Australia. And so he has a great way of presenting uh, stats, at least on the forums. And so now he's got this Discord bot. Now, I don't use Discord, and so I was kind of hoping one somebody on the team who does might be able to try this and just see what's up. Uh, it apparently will show you your personal stats uh, right there on the screen. Pretty cool. Maybe a listener will try that, but uh, you can find it. His, web, his website is iracing.fuzzwah.com, F-U-Z-Z-W-A-H. We're going to do one more uh, before we go to results. Uh, we got a post uh, from on uh, Instagram from Alex Tagliani, a, formula, a former IndyCar driver. Uh, he put up a short video um, basically showing the attention to detail on the HPP pedals that he bought. He said he's making modifications on the braking. Uh, which is key in sim racing. Uh, love the attention uh, of, to the details on the HPP pedals. And it shows him, uh, you know, with the tools out, working on them and trying to get them uh, tweaked to his liking. Uh, one thing I noticed is, look how close he's got that brake moved over to the clutch uh, away from the throttle. I thought that was a little weird. That's, that's for heel-toe technique? Yeah, that's okay. what I was thinking, yeah. That's what he's talking about, custom ability, you know, move them around and adjustment, adjustability. Yeah, and I also, I just have my brake as far to the left and, and from the throttle just because it's more comfortable as well. You know, it's more like what you get in a car. Yeah, I, I do the same thing, even though, you know, I don't use uh, heel-toe type stuff. But um, I just think it's more comfortable. I have my legs a little bit spread apart. All right, let's jump to results. Well, it's an off week. So no NIS, and uh, with it's a that double being, off week, yeah, crazy. Uh, now I did run a little bit. I ran uh, Legends, uh, of course, NASCAR '87 Legend car. I got a P5. I was real happy with that. Uh, it was 8x. 
and then later a P2. Uh, it was a clean race in that one though, and it had gotten tires with 10 to go, and the leader had all tires. I was second on the last restart, but it went caution right away. I mean, it was in position to win, and and it didn't work, and uh, because the caution came out, and there's no green-white checkers in the series, so. I was knocking on the door, man, I almost had it at Phoenix. And uh, what a great combination it is for Phoenix with the Legends car. I, I just think it's a, you, you really can't overdrive it. You got to keep it on the bottom and really slow that thing down getting into one and two. It is something. I've just been focused on trying to get a handle on this dirt majors race that we have this weekend. Um, one thing they've been doing that's been really helpful is their qualifying this week is based on practice races that are they count as qualifying races and you get so many points based on your qualifying speed so many based on your how many people you finish ahead of um and it's been a challenge because i've been involved in so many accidents that have been my fault or not but most of them mine because it's just it's a, such a different world and just getting the car to stay straight when i'm exiting the corner has been really difficult um, I think I found something with changing the wheel settings that makes it a little bit more responsive to, which actually helps me not overcorrect. Uh, it seems to help so far, but the jury will be, be out. Yeah, and I ran the sprint car at North Wilkesboro as well. Tuesday night official racing uh, with the SOF race and uh, boy, I gave up some I-rating again. I think I finished like ninth or 10th. I didn't finish dead last. There were two or three people that wrecked out. Um, so, but boy, I'm just, you know, giving up I-rating, but I'm determined to run the races of the tracks I have. And, uh, it wasn't too, it wasn't too bad at North Wilkesboro. You got to keep it off the wall, but, uh, you have to keep it off the wall everywhere. So, um, ready for NIS. I tell you that, um, we're thinking about running, uh, Friday night, uh, David, uh, that one team is going to do a broadcast of the A open. And we're trying to uh, at uh, I forget the track was it Darlington? Yeah, it's Dar Darlington is a open this week. Yeah. And so maybe we'll put together an effort and go run with those guys and see what we can do. We'll see how Greg does tonight with his set. Yeah, Greg's going to run. I haven't worked on it at all. Okay. Yeah, Greg's running the uh, his league race tonight at Darlington. So based on that, we'll see how we run for if we're going to run that event on Friday. And with that, let's go into final thoughts. Uh, Brian McCubbin, what do you got? Well, um, as I mentioned before, I have an 80-20 rig, and I keep it in my basement, which is unfinished. And it's not dirty or anything, but a basement's a basement. Well, I'm I'm just getting collecting dust in those T-slots, and, and it's really hard to get it clean. So um, this, uh, this a couple days ago, I ordered uh, from 8020.net a set of... Uh, T-slot covers. So these are like little covers. They come in six foot, six foot sections. They're like about four bucks a pop. Come in different colors, and you just snap them into the uh, T-slots to cover that up. And uh, so I'm waiting to hear, wait for them to come in. I'll let you guys know how how they work. What color? Well, I have a my 8020s black, so I just got the black covers to go with it. Okay, well, that's gonna look slick though. I think it's gonna give it a good look. You'll yeah, I have um, to cover that in hardware too. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll post that next week, and uh, we'll we'll see. What, uh, like I said, I ho hopefully I get them by then and uh, see how well they work. Yeah, I'll send some pictures and see see what that looks like. All right, uh, David Hall, final thoughts. 
Uh, like I said last week, the vacation is ending. I've been doing worksheet workshops this week and writing music. I've got my show just about done. I just have to write a percussion part and a intro that I'm doing to change a stock part, a stock song that I'm using. Meaning one that wasn't that I didn't custom write. Um, so not on the track as much, but that's fine. I'm look I'm looking forward to seeing the kids next week. Um, for the three days that we'll probably get to go to school, if we get to go. I don't know if we're going to have a marching season or not. It's uh, All the kids are like, are we going to get to go to contest? And probably not, but we're going to try to. But it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting uh, situation coming up. So when I do get to get on the race, racetrack, it's still fun. But time's going down. Yep. All right, and... Uh... Thanks to Steve Lou Allen, who had to leave early, and uh, Tony Groves, who also had to leave early, for coming on, at least for per- part of the show. We do appreciate that. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, boy, I'm ready for the off week to be done. I'm ready to get back to NIS racing. Uh, it's been nice having some time off. In fact, uh, I got I had a grandson for the first time, and I'm a grandpa in the last several days. Uh, so that's been happening and I've been busy with that. So it, the timing has been good uh, with having these off weeks, but uh, my uh, ready to get back to racing and uh, I had some really good runs at Phoenix and the Legends car with that P2 and I, th- I thought I was gonna win and I'm probably gonna run that again tonight and maybe try for a win. And uh, boy, confidence is high. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.